Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Sean. Hello, hello. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Sean. Hi, Sean. Um, I am a compulsive overeater and a bulimic and a food addict of all sorts. Um, I'm so uh, honored. Thank you for asking me. I Driving over here was um, thinking about having done this about five years ago. And to be driving here five years later the same size not with my fingers down my throat, is something I just couldn't quite conceive of. Um, and I'm glad I couldn't conceive of that because it 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 allows me to um, know that my program is about this 24 hours. Um, I have uh, walked into Overeaters Anonymous when I was 19, and I'm 47, and um, I have eight years and ten months, so that lets you know my struggle, my struggle is still bigger than my not struggle, Um, and that's my story, and I'm going to share my story and what I do, and and what I have learned along the way is that I've I've had to learn what works for Sean, connected to a higher power, and I spent a lot of times in these rooms wanting what works for you to work for me, and some of it has. And a lot of it didn't. So um, that's just part of my journey. So let me just tell you what it was like. Um, I'm the oldest of three. And I was raised in, um, my father was mentally ill. My stepfather was an alcoholic. My mom was classic Al-Anon. And there was a lot of violence. And, you know, honestly, I don't have any happy memories of my childhood. Um, Fear and terror is kind of what comes up for me around that memory base. But I'm grateful today that that I don't have um, the, the cloak of victim from it. And that was a big trap for me. And the trap that kind of entangled food for me played out in, I remember really clearly, I don't have much memory before I'm five, but one of the memories I had, which was probably the one of the more joyful memories, was discovering what this particular food item and this particular beverage, when I ate it, I, was, I remember feeling like that was love, like it was sweet, and um, it made me feel good, and as I went back for more, it was consistent, because it made me feel the same way each and every time. And uh, and that is when that disease of food connecting me to my emotions started. Um, I was a normal-sized kid that I look back and I see pictures of. Um, my mom 
was really beautiful, and I had a sister who was an extrovert, and I was very, very shy and very much an introvert. So I say to you that I saw them as these two beautiful women, but I say that today knowing that I wasn't any less of a beautiful little girl. I just didn't fit in what they were. Um, and so it it fed a lot of my sort of that, I don't know what, whether it's food or whether it's not food, the disease of something's wrong with me. And, um, and that has, that played out a lot through even my, you know, early adult life. Um, but sweets and sugar was kind of my go-to. And my sister never had to watch her weight and my mom never had to watch her weight. But I didn't necessarily have that same metabolic makeup. So, um, the, the switch clicked when I was about 12 and I guess developing, you know, as, as we do, um, I, my mom pulled me aside one day and said, you know, you better, you better, you better start watching your weight. And I remember saying to her, but I'm not fat. And, and she said, um, yeah, but you have my body type and you have to be careful. Well, I, I don't think that she said that in, in a malicious way, but I took it in the filter I took it in. And so, um, so I started dieting, um, and I dieted with my mom and, you know, I just, um, I started that love-hate relationship. Because up until that point, I really, I mean, food really soothed me. But um, but it, when it switched around that age, it became sort of this trap. Because without food, I had nothing. Or at least it felt like I had nothing. And, um, and with food, it became almost like this enemy. And so, you know... Um, I was trapped in that dance very early and, and, you know, spent my high school years, uh, very uncomfortable, um, felt like I didn't fit in and would eat, you know, a box of cookies on the way to school to deal with getting through school. And, um, and I, when I was 14, well, I thought I, I mean, at the time, I thought I invented it because I just had this idea, like, maybe I should just throw up. And um, and so what happened, and this is the part of my disease that has created um, a challenging road for me, is there was something different and seductive that happened when I vomited. And that's a big part of my story. And um, I'm a volume eater. I always have been. I'm not a dainty flower in most of a lot of what I do. And so um, so I was never really uh, successful in restricting or under eating. But I would go as much as I could without eating. But it was always big in volume. And, and so, uh, so when I um, purged, there was a numbness that happened that was equal and above and beyond when I would just get intoxicated by eating too much. So, um, and I think, you know, 
it was, it's very, eating is very much connected to my emotions, connected to my rage, connected to my shame, self-hate, and, um, and thus began my dance with um, bulimia. And um, I was a self-induced vomiter. I didn't do any other forms of bulimia. I was never an exerciser. And, um, and I was um, kind of like, I would say, pretty hardcore, you know. So I would, you know, 40,000 calories, binging, purging, you know, bruises on my knuckles, uh, losing hair, um, blood when I vomited. And um, I knew really early on, like, this is going to kill me. But I didn't have a safe place in my home. It was very, it was very dysfunctional. Um, and, and so I remember seeing a movie about this mother who had bulimia. And I was like, that's what I have. Like, I didn't know that other people had this and that it was a disease. And, a, and um, I was living in New York. And uh, I knew about AA. And so I found out that there was OA, and I walked up 57th Street to my first meeting. And, and you know, I've, I've been privileged to be in program in different states. And um, I just remember being at that meeting, and they said, any newcomers? And, you know, after the meeting, they just wrangled us. You know, they were like, you, you're going to be a sponsor. You're gonna, I, mean, I was like, ah. Um, but it was a great gift. And so this is what my road looked like in program, and it's not pretty. But um, I got abstinent right away from the bulimia. I ate three meals a day. I was about 30 pounds heavier. Didn't lose any weight when I was um, abstinent that first year. I didn't even know how to eat, honestly. I mean, I wasn't – I was 19 years old, had never used makeup. You know, my mom didn't have the tools to – give over the rite of passage to her daughters. So these things I didn't know how to do, and it really was the gift of program. And people in the rooms, you know, I I learned how to do so many things. Um, In my stretches of abstinence and then when I was in the food and and vomiting, I I wasn't available for for that kind of support because it was so wrapped up in my own self-abuse. So... um, but I always, t- I, I think I told this story before, but when I was, I moved out here a year after I got abstinent, and within a couple months I relapsed again. You know, my story has been these little, like, like I was, I, I always say it was I, I did the cha-cha. You know, I'd be like, I do two steps forward and I do one step back. And, you know, when I reflect now on those periods of time, because I've had, a lot of, I call them redo opportunities. Everything in my last almost nine years I have gone through, I had opportunity to go through before, but I didn't. I went around or I threw up over it or I relapsed over it. And so the same stuff that I was meant to look at and heal and grow from just were available to me over these last, you know, I was like, oh, gosh, here it comes. <laughs> I had that ten years ago. Yeah, I get it again. Um, and uh, and a lot of my relapses came out of good. Um, and I didn't really get that in in those moments, but it was in it's in this last part of my journey that I saw, like, see, I'm really, I, I, I come from that background where I'm really good in crisis. 
So I kept thinking, why did why did I end up back in the food? Like things were so good, and that's why I ended up back in the food because things were so good. And um, let me just look here. okay, so um, so I I struggled in these rooms, and I would have these a periods of time, and I was so I'm out here and. I got abstinent again, and so it became like a one year, then one and a half years, and then two years, and and then I'd, I'd relapse. And and um, when I was about 30, I sought some outside help for a, a couple different support reasons. One was I didn't know really how to eat, so I, I sought some help in that way. And um, and it was the first time that my my plan of eating became part of this just don't throw up because I was not throwing up but I was cuckoo cuckoo with the food I was stoned a lot of times and not in my right mind but that was what that was what it was and so um, I learned how to eat right sized um, which became a huge gift to me for me, because I don't have a full gauge. I still don't have a full gauge. I know some people do, and I may, but um, I I know what I need to eat because I always want to eat more, always. I've never had but maybe a handful of experiences that I've actually eaten, and for some reason, like, I actually feel like, whoa, you know, um, and... I just, it, it just doesn't, doesn't befall me. So, so I'm a, I, I've got the compulsive overeater side of me, but I had that internal pressure of these women in my life, these right-sized, beautiful women in my life, in my family, that I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't be big. I couldn't be big. And yet I was bigger, you know, um, I was you know, 25, 30 pounds more than I am now. And, um, and uh, so, so my struggle in the rooms. When I was in the food, I, I, I wouldn't be at a meeting. That was just how it worked for me. I was too, there was too much shame. I am so in awe of people that come here in their struggle. And um, I, I admire that uh, in, in immensely, but that wasn't part of my story. So, um I, I've, I've been married. I was married when I was 23, and um, for 12 years, he had a terminal illness. And, you know, I mean, all the stuff that I chose to do in this early part, I was in the food, in and out of the food. It just, it was my um, coping mechanism. I didn't, so as I learned and a little bit more in these rooms, a little bit more, I could build, I just kind of build a, built off of that in terms of my survivor skills. Like, I didn't get 15 years ago when someone said this too shall pass. I was like, oh, no, it won't. <laughs> I cannot stand another 30 seconds. But I can, I can wrap my spirit around that today. Like, I may, on my, on my walking across the street, I was like, gosh, I'm like, I'm, I feel hungry. And I just thought, this is just fear. You know, this is not right. This is, I've, I've taken care of myself today with food. Um, this is, 
this is right, you know, there might be a twinge of real hunger, but this is, this is what my disease does, is tells me I'm hungry, you know, um, because I'm in an environment, I don't know people, I'm going to speak 40 minutes, oh my God, it's really, that's what, that's what it's really all about for me, and, and I also know that this too shall pass, and when I walked into the room and started talking to people, I, I'm not, I don't, I doesn't think, you know, that passed, I'm not, I'm not the hungry I was before the meeting, and, um, and that just took what it took for me, it took not trusting this too shall pass until I got in enough pain to trust. And then when I had the experience that it passed, I would go back to that experience when I was up against it again. Um, and that's how I built this period of time. Um, I, uh, I did not have an, a big epiphany. You know, I know that the last time I had my relapse, it was not very long, but... Um, I just, I just felt when I, I don't know what made a difference in that first 24 hours that has led me to this amount of time because I never had more than three and a half years. But I do know that I feel today the way I felt that first day, which is, I don't know that I have another one in me. So I got willing to um, sink a little bit deeper into all of what this program, the, the, not just the physical, but the threefold disease. See, I would get abstinent, but I wasn't really going to do all that emotional work. And then the spiritual thing, well, I kind of, like, believed in a higher power, but I didn't want to take um, the time to develop a relationship. You know, and that's one of the things that has been so powerful for me is I... I'd, you know, I'd go with a fellow to lunch and spend three hours, but I wouldn't put that time into developing a relationship with this power greater than me that has given me these amazing opportunities to heal and grow. So I was willing to start to work on this threefold nature. Um, and it took me kind of getting, um, I use the word sober. It, it took me getting sober with my food to give me clarity to trust doing the healing work because um, I was uh, really good at self-abuse on so many levels and the idea that I had to start to work on this relationship with myself um, that loving you was not going to help me love me that loving me was going to help me love me and that has been a baby step uh, process over this close to nine years and I can certainly tell you today that you know it's it's not perfect and I'm not in a place that I I I think I'm the bee's knees but um but I I really I the word cherish comes up for me like I, I cherish myself and I'm aware that as I continue to stand up for the goodness that my higher power wants for me that I'm going to be triggered by the, the, the voice my best thinking my step two thinking um, 
the steps have been very, very important for me throughout my recovery. But in this last juncture, I really dug deeper in working. I, I work with steps on everything. I don't just work it on food. You know, I was on the phone with my sponsor last night, and, you know, I, I go into that spin of um, perfectionism, like I should be doing more, blah, blah, blah. And I am... Um, you know, this has been a very interesting 2012 for me. Um, I lost two dogs, and both unexpected. Five months ago, I pretty much did the same thing, but five months ago it was a puppy. And um, and December 20th, it was my seven-year-old. And I was out of town for both of them, and I travel a lot for work. And, um, you know, to, sh- to give you an example of this is... This threefold nature of this disease for me is when the situation occurred with my first dog, I was in Istanbul, and I got a call at 5 in the morning from my mom. And when I got off the phone, she was going to call me back from the hospital, I looked, I looked up, and I just said, okay, God, I trust your plan. Because I've experienced... I've been willing to sit in my um, unknown, trust when I see other people like my sponsor or some other people like they've gone through similar things. This doesn't mean that I'm, I don't believe that I'm, um, I don't have terminal uniqueness. So if somebody else has gone through something and like it's always better, like I have to trust that I can do that too. And so... I have been deeper in my 11-step work. Um, I Today I have a, a daily, I say meditation practice. I sit still for 15 minutes a day, focusing on my breath as, a, as an act of gratitude, as an act of thank you for higher power. Um, if my mind wanders, I just acknowledge what it's doing, like, oh, thinking, come back to the breath, you know. Just to be as present as I'm able to be. Like anything, if I want to muscle, i got to exercise. If I want to be more present, I've got to practice presence. And, um, and it's given me a whole heck of a lot more opportunity to feel the presence of higher power in my day. That's, I wouldn't have thought that. But, but like anything I've done, I've just been willing to say, okay, I'm going to commit to do this. And it was um, working a little bit of a deeper 11th step the last two years that, you know, I, I, I talk about my recovery in the sense that I'm willing to look at whatever I'm working on as, as far as the steps. I'm powerless over. My two dogs that passed, when I got the second puppy, um, a week after I got him, they fought like, like they were going to kill each other. And I got him for her, and she hated him, and he was like a scrapper, and I was going... I, what do I do? You know, my best thinking is I got to get rid of them. That's like, you know, and what was going, you know, luckily because we have the we part, my sponsor just said, why don't you write on the first tradition, which is our common welfare should converse personal recovery depends upon OA unity. This is about unity in your family. So let's, let's look at that. And what came up for me, and this is why I say like, I've, my um, experience 
is that I get these redo opportunities. So I'm in this home with two dogs that remind me of what it was like in my childhood. That I was the one that ran in and pulled apart the fighting parents when they were scrapping at each other and they were going for the jugulars. You know, when there was pounding and fists and these dogs went at each other like that. It wasn't just like playful. And and I was triggered so deeply. But I was also in a place in my recovery process where I had started to build this very peaceful environment and home in, that I live in today. So when I did the writing and I read it to my sponsor, she, you know, she took notes. And what she came this is she's just kind of mirrored back to me, this is what you want out of your home. Your best thinking is get rid of the dogs. Could there be some other options? So step three for me was I made the decision that I was going to have unity in my home and I would do the things I would do the things and trust that God's plan would evolve, whether that meant I had to get rid of a dog, but I was going to start to be a better parent to these dogs. And and so thus began my journey. And okay, it was about seven or eight months of uh, complete and utter, the hardest work I've ever done. You know, I I sent them away. I had to get into all this, you know, what does Caesar Milan say, you know, I rehabilitate dogs, I train people, you know. Well, <laughs> I was needing a lot of training. and um, But what I got to see in reflection was this was, see, I never was an alpha in my life. I was the... I was the in the story in my head is I'm the ugly duckling. So I was the passive. What do you need? What can I do for you? Are you okay? You know, because I was taking temperatures everywhere. And then when none of that stuff really fixed me, I'd be, you know, mainlining sugar or something. And so I had to become alpha to these dogs. I was clearly not. And I had these actions I needed to do every day. Well, I've, I have... When that happened, I've had six years of doing that with my food. Every day I plan, I plan, you know, like, like I learn, oh, wow, what, a, what, a, you know, if I had a two-year-old, I'd have to plan. So I learned I have to plan for me. So I had, you know, I reflect, what's my day look like? What do I do with food? You know, have my meditation. I'm doing all these things. So, oh, okay. Right, okay, so I have these things I need to do. And let me tell you, you know, on that second walk in the valley when it's 100 degrees, I'm, you know, I'm melting down, you know. And and I just, you know, made I made that decision. It's not up to my time. My time would have been, can we just freaking fix this in like two weeks? And higher powers time is usually really different than my time. And usually the things that I'm the weakest on take, seem to take the longest from higher power at times. So um, so I was diligent. That's all that the, the, you know, the program tells me, consistency, diligence, healthy discipline. So that's what I had to do is if I wanted this unity, I had to be willing to do this. So I did every day, feeling like I was like treading water, you know. And, and what has happened in my life in abstinence, and um, and even in in all of my um, hills and valleys, where I I had some growth and then I 
demoralization and I'd have some growth. You know, I don't recommend that route personally, but it's my route. And and so um, so I had uh, so I, I you know fast forward about seven or eight months, and I am gaining a lot of self confidence in this doggy alpha thing, which I had I had the sense that this is oh, this is an opportunity from higher power. This is not what I wanna do. What I wanna do with everything is look at it like the victim. Why is this happening? See nothing I never nothing ever goes right. I can't be happy, you know. When is the shoe gonna drop? And you know, the reality is and my sponsor says this is life. Life's gonna happen. There'll be good times, there'll be bad times. You'll have challenges, how you want to seize that, and I choose today to call them opportunities and not to really call them challenges. And um, and so I knew this. I knew this was an opportunity. And when I saw and took that step three, and then did these steps, um, there was something going on within as well. And so you know, I I blink forward to like around that seventh month mark, and there was. There, there was a slow, like, shift. But it was two months before my puppy got sick, and uh, and there was harmony in my home. And there were a few moments where they'd scrap, and I was not triggered. Like, like I have, I could see the healing. And, I mean, I it wasn't connect. It was like two dogs scrapping. It wasn't my childhood. And and that was a that was a huge shift for me to be able to have that. Like, to see that healing, like, that, like, I don't have to carry that with me anymore, you know, that I can hear people fighting, and it may kind of rumble things, but I, like, I know the truth today, like, that's, that's not the truth, that's just people fighting, that doesn't have to bring that part of me up so much, so, um, so I, um, I, I won't go into a lot of details, but, um, when I, lost my puppy he was on a respirator for about nine days so um it was it my mom it was in he was in my mom's care and she was devastated and you know I've, I don't know if any of you guys relate to like that mom friction <laughs> that ongoing mom friction um and uh it was it was I would not have expected it but it was a huge healing thing for me and my mom because she acted so fast with him. And when I made the decision that he needed to transition, I said, my, she was, we were just, she was devastated. I was, deeper stuff came up for me. Let's put it that way. I was sad, but it was like chunks of gunk clicked and clicked and just came. So my mourning felt deeper. It felt like I was mourning my marriage. I was mourning, you know, uh, stuff that I just wasn't able to show up and mourn. So I said to my mom, I want you to know that I never once thought you did anything wrong, that you actually saved his life. You gave me time. And she cried. She started crying. Because I see, like, here's the deal. Like, I have this gift of recovery. I have the gift to, to, to continue to, to grow and heal. And, you know, when I keep the focus on myself, it's amazing what happens to the people around me in my family. And there have been a lot of shifts but you know um my mom's going to be 70 years old and I don't know if she wants to go that deep I don't know if that's her path 
But I do know that what she did for that dog was the amends that that she couldn't really give to me. Because I grew up with a mom that, like, you know, I'd have, I'd, I'd be bleeding and she'd be like, it's fine, you know. <laughs> she just didn't have that going on. She was, all eyes were on the addict and not on the children. So for her to have acted so quickly with this animal was, I, I was grateful that I was clear enough and clean enough in my brain that I was able to see the act of love. Instead of a couple, five years ago, it would have been like, she never did that for me. <laughs> but that's not how I saw it this time. And, um, and all of that is due completely to really sinking into the steps, being abstinent, and my part. You know, um, I, I, I love what I heard earlier about the partnership. Like, it's a partnership. I have, to, I have to show up and do my work. And, you know, I'll tell my sponsees that I probably work, do more work now than I did eight years ago. You know, it's just different kinds of self-care work. But, you know, what I'm understanding, and a prior sponsor gave me the gift of, my higher power wants me to live such a huge, big life. And I am a very small uh, thinker, and I'm a very isolator. And so as my life gets bigger, I, I, um, I, it takes me time to adjust. But where my life is today it does have a sense of beyond my wildest dreams. Um, I have a, a beautiful... Um, animal, new little animal in my life, um, and uh, it was a, a surprise gift from my mom. So the 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 the, the gift of, of love continues. And I was telling someone today that you know when this tra- this tragedy happened with my seven year old dog, um, I was in Germany, and again I just said, you know, God, I know you have a plan, and the next. I was, you know, that was a hard day for me. The next day, I just kept watching pictures, looking at pictures of her, and my heart kept wanting to reflect on the gift of her in my life, not the, not that she was out of my life. And that is, I know that that's God doing for me what I can't do for myself. And um, so I'm, I'm a grateful member, and um, I'm, I'm a kooky girl with food, and I. Uh, I really believe in the we part and the steps um, because I was ha- kind of half-measured there for uh, many years. But um, the one thing that I love about these rooms is they're here. You know, they're consistent. I can leave. I can come back. I can, you know. But learning about myself and learning what works for me has been the key to I, ongoing um, healing and ongoing abstinence. So thank you very much. Okay, so I'm supposed to open up to any questions um, anybody might have. Uh, the question was, how do I handle now when things are good for me? Um, I call my sponsor, and I, because I, I'm aware that that's a that's a that's a weaker area for me. So um, I just did an extension project that has been in my home that I have 
worked on for four years, but it's actually happened. And I'm more uncomfortable now that it's happened. And so what I do is I spend, because I'm still in the mix of it, but I spend a certain amount of time every day moving things in to my home. And I don't want to. So a lot of it's contrary action for me. Um, I'm committed to not pick up food today, so in this 24 hours. And if I feel uncomfortable, I use the tools a lot more. I, I pick up the phone. Um, and I let people know what's going on in here. You know, I've got a story. It's kind of crazy. Or I'm sitting here going, I'm so grateful, but I don't want to move. And usually when I do that, some something leads to another. And I'm not thinking about you know, the house anymore. I'm talking about a movie, you know. Uh, talk about my conception and slash relationship with higher power. Um, I, uh, I, well, it's not, a, it's not a person. It's not a thing so much as um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, what do I say? I use the word spirit a lot, um, universe, that there's just something bigger than me. And I, I'm triage, so I really quickly go into, i got to fix it, i got to fix it. So when I have, um, when I sit quietly and I ask myself, you know, when I look at that food item, and I'll say, what would God's will be for me? I know it's a loving, it's a loving answer. So, um, I talk to this power. I write sometimes to this power, um, but I, but I, I, I really feel it inside. It's not an outside entity. Even though I look at a tree or I look at the ocean, I know it's it dwells within. So as I've started to take time to uh, care about myself more, I feel like the heart of of spirit feels just bigger in my being so it it it's not me but it's in me if that I don't know if that makes sense but that's how it kind of feels for me these days oh anyway thank you very much